Hey everyone, welcome to my show, my so-called fabulous. I'm Tiffany, and it is so great to talk to you again today. And we're bringing you part two of hormone health for women. And we're going to talk about men as well today. But we talked last week with a provider from Dr. Leanne Scotts, which I love her, um, Elise Clark. We talked to her last week about younger women, teens, tweens, and then about age to 35. Um, today, we are talking to you you are my people. Um, we are talking to you about women and men. We're going to throw a few men in there, but women primarily from about 35 to postmenopausal, where I am at 58. Um, so welcome to the show from Dr. Leanne Scott's office. Welcome to the show, Debbie Bloomstein. Welcome to the Hi, show. Thank you. You are so welcome. It is a pleasure meeting you. It is so nice to meet you too. I just see your beautiful photo on the website. Now I actually know you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for coming today. So let's talk about this. Let's dig in because I have questions that I've polled. I talked to, to everyone last week about, I really did poll my staff, a few in their 20s, a few in their 30s, and then myself, we jumped to myself. Um, and their questions about hormone health. But what I want to ask you first is, can you explain to everyone what functional medicine is? Because that's what you practice as a nurse practitioner, right? Yes. Functional medicine is a newer field of medicine. And I would say we focus much more on prevention of disease and illness. And we do a lot of hormone replacement therapy. So not as much in the way of pharmaceuticals in functional medicine, a lot of supplements and lifestyle modification. Okay. I'm on bioidentical hormones and I have been for a while uh, since my forties. And I think I started a little late in life, but um, is, I'm, I'm trying to figure out how to ask this. Are bioidentical hormone replacement, is that pharma? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, in some ways it can be. Uh, there is a portion of that that does come from pharma that we can still use, even though it's bioidentical. Um, but a lot of what we do is also compounded. So then it's really not Compounding. considered right. pharma. Right. And we love Jim Henser over at Las Colinas Pharmacy. <laughs> Just love him. He was on the show last season. Yes. Um, so compounding pharmacies and then the bioidentical Explain to everyone, let's just assume they do not know what bioidentical hormone replacement is. What is that? Bioidentical hormone replacement therapy is when you are using the exact same chemical structure of hormones as the hormones your body produces. Okay. All right. So the exact structure. Should anyone, because I do hear this, aren't you afraid of that? What would you say to that? What I would say is our hormone levels are generally highest during pregnancy and in our 20s. Um, and very few people get cancer during your 20s or during pregnancy. So are we afraid of that? No. And actually, I am afraid of not being on bioidentical hormone replacement therapy as far as losing bone mass, bone strength, sense of well-being, and a lot of the other health problems that can come about from not having hormones. I mean, that makes sense. That's opening everyone's ears right now, for sure, and listening that life has, for me, is much better. And I find when I go and get my labs quarterly, which is what I've been doing because I've just had some highs and lows and just, just, I can't imagine Debbie not being on hormone replacement. I can't imagine it, but I see, and I, and I meet people all the time that say, I sailed right through it. I didn't have an, one issue. I'm like, how? 
I mean, how? Seriously, right? I mean, they're lucky or is, are they just I, I crazy? Think <laughs> they may be partially lucky, but I think also they may not have a full understanding of the health problems that can come about from low hormones, um, such as losing bone mass. That's huge. That's huge. That is huge. Because everyone should have bone density tests. How often is it? Right. Every two years if they're normal. Right. And how? when do you start that? Um, we start that when hormones decline or maybe get a baseline around age 40. Yeah. You know, uh, Debbie, I have just a little history. My, my listeners know this. I have a horrible spine, degenerative disc disease, and I have some arthritis going on. And Dr. Scott does a bone density. I, I mean, and, and I am so shocked that it's good. I mean, it's good. So are we going to say, yay, you've been doing what I'm supposed to, you're, you're talking about with functional medicine? Is that playing part in the good health and the good health of my bones? Yes, definitely. Estrogen and testosterone both help to maintain bone strength and can actually rebuild bone strength once it started to decline. Um, lifestyle has a lot to do with that too, as far as diet and exercise. When we talked with Elise last week about starting um, young women starting progesterone, that was her favorite mm -hmm. um, a hormone to replace. Tell me, I waited until I was 40. Now, I'm going to say this. I was a single mom. I just, I wasn't on birth control. I was never a candidate for birth control. I say that because I didn't like how it made me feel. Um, but I started in my 40s with, with progesterone. Is that a little late? It can be for some people, but I don't feel like it's too late. Okay. Um, I don't feel like you had damage done during your 30s that could not be corrected then in your 40s and 50s. Your your patients, what is what can I ask? What is your the what is the oldest patient that you have? And can you start later in life hormones? You can absolutely start later in life, and we'll see um, a lot of health benefits from starting later in life as far as rebuilding that bone strength um, and, uh, you know, quality of life as well. My oldest patient is probably 90. I would take a patient older than that. Really? Um, certainly. And, um, yes. Female. Is yes. it female? Oh, my oh, gosh. Or male. Oh, my gosh. Right. But, but the, your, your patient is, is a female. Yes. That is just so refreshing. I mean, and she feels Doing well. Very well. I yes. mean, that is amazing. That is amazing. So talk to us about the different types of hormones that you suggest that that are you are replacing and how you're replacing these. So the most common hormones that we replace are estrogen, progesterone, testosterone, and DHEA. Um, how we replace them mm -hmm. is as much personal preference as it is my choice. So I like to present the options to my patient. I like my patients to fully understand what they have to choose from as far as hormone replacement therapy and then come up with a protocol that best suits them. So I take progesterone orally. Mm -hmm. I think I'm at 350 now. Um, DHEA, I just started in the past couple of years, I believe, on DHEA. Um, mine was elevated and I thought, and, and then testosterone cream, and then estrogen patches, which I love. I love, love, love them because it's, you know, twice a week that I put the estrogen patches on. Um, but I sometimes forget from time to time, and my husband has a difficult time from time. He'll forget his testosterone cream. 
So for those of us, tell us what you your specialty is at Dr. Scott's office that you're, you've been there a year and what you're offering there. And because so many of my friends are doing that. Well, I offer pellets right. um, for hormone replacement therapy for estrogen and testosterone. Um, and they're great for people who maybe don't like to have to think about hormones on a regular basis um, or who forget to use their hormones. So they can be great and very convenient for a lot of people. Tell us what pellets are. A pellet is bioidentical estrogen and testosterone that is um, they're in kind of like an uncooked piece of rice. It's a hard, very small pellet of hormone um, that is bioidentical, that's really important, um, that I insert into the fatty tissue under the skin um, where it is absorbed through capillaries and it's absorbed very consistently. Um, and the pellets last four or five months. I redose every three months because I don't want my patients going back down to baseline. So you keep a nice even level of hormone when you use pellets. And you know, I'm sure you you have this with your your patients. You either love or hate, right? I, I did not do well on pellets. And your I told you before the show. And what did you say immediately to me? Um, it probably is in the dosing. Um, <sighs> it's it's very important that you're dosed appropriately with pellets. And I tell my patients sometimes we don't learn this in school. So you have to go to a practitioner who has taken the time. Um, to learn to do this um, very well on their own and gotten the experience doing it because we aren't taught how to do pellets in school. Really? Right. Is, is that coming in school? Are they going I to teach so. that? Right? I hope so. Right. I mean, you yes. could teach it probably. Now, when you say you learned it on your own, how did you learn it on, on your own? Um, I actually had the opportunity to be trained in Tennessee doing pellet therapy, and then also I've gotten very involved with A4M over the years. Okay. So when I went for pellets, it was about, okay, I always say BC before COVID, um, and I went to a different uh, physician, and I just... Uh, I couldn't get them out fast enough. You can't get them out, right? You're, no, once they, you put a pellet in, you cannot take the pellet out. So if you have side effects or you don't like your dose, it has to wear off. It has to wear off. It was it was not a good time for me. I mean, it was, I, I, you're right. But I think it was just estrogen is what she, she the pellet, I'm, I'm speaking like I, don't, I know what I'm talking about. But I think that was it because I was taking my progesterone supplement and I was taking testosterone. But you're saying that you can have a mixture in the pellet, right? Right. Of so the two. Yes. Progesterone is not done in pellet form because progesterone is sedating. Mm -hmm. So we take progesterone at bedtime because it helps with sleep, but you wouldn't want that sedation effect all the time. Oh, gosh. So estrogen and testosterone are done in pellets, separate pellets. Um, they come in increments. And so you dose the patient's estrogen independent of their testosterone. Wow. Men and women. Men, well, men, we don't give estrogen, but, but <laughs> <Okay>. yes. <laughs> yeah, sure. well, I've had people ask that. <laughs> but men and women both can. You yes, can men and women both can, can get pellets. Um, it can be a great option for a lot of people as far as convenience. And you love it. I absolutely love pellets, yes. Okay, so um, when how do you how is a you know you know what I'm trying how do you do it how what do you do what is the so, pro process right so the patient would come Procedure. in and lay down on their side um, and just expose the lower hip area and I numb up the area using some lidocaine which feels kind of like a shot at the dentist um, and after that 
there's no pain, they don't feel anything sharp, they might feel me touching them, that's all. And I insert the pellets into the fatty tissue under the skin. So it's not going as deep as muscle. Um, just into the fatty tissue, and then I use Steri-Strips to cover up the wound, um, which is a very, very small incision, just a little bit bigger than what you could make with a needle. Um, it's very small, but I use Steri-Strips over that that stay on for five days. After five days, they take off the Steri-Strips, and it's completely healed. Completely healed. And then, so mm -hmm. four to five months later, or, or what did you say? I redose every three months. Every Because three I months. don't want my patient going all the way back down to baseline. You I want to keep that. these hormone levels as even as we possibly can. Yes, please. Please. Yes. <laughs> for sure. For sure. So we talked about this. We talked about having questions from, um, from, from people, and I did do a poll on Instagram as well. But tell us about middle adulthood. What would we consider would be middle adulthood age-ish? Is that over 30? What is that? I mean, I would say probably in our 40s. In our might 40s. Might be middle adulthood. Right, right, right. So what do you think about once a woman has completed her, her cycle? Well, she's decided not to have any more ch any children. She's done. What do you say about continuing on birth control? And I say this because I have a friend that's 72 that is still on birth control. She obviously doesn't need that for controlling birth, but she, she said, if you take my birth control away, I will go crazy. So what's going on there? Well, if you take her hormones away, she will go crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I think she just needs to really understand what all of her options are as far as hormone replacement therapy um, so that she can maybe make the best decision because for most people, I would say birth control may not be the best way of going about hormone replacement therapy because it is synthetic. Okay. When you say synthetic, tell us what that means. You would assume that we would all know, but that'll, that'll be a question because birth control is synthetic, right? Synthetic is not something naturally occurring in the body. So the chemical structure of a synthetic hormone is not the same as the hormones that our body produces. It may attach to the same receptor sites on the cells, um, in which case it can help with a lot of the um, symptoms that people feel because it does attach to the same receptor site, but it doesn't bind completely on that receptor site as, as a bioidentical hormone would. What are the um, cons to that, to having a synthetic in your body? Well, I think the side effects, um, it's not something intended to be in the body is the way I look at mm -hmm. it. Um, certainly where the uh, molecule doesn't attach completely to those receptor sites on the cells, that portion of the molecule becomes free radicals. Free radicals can increase our chances of cancer, can also give us side effects, and just in general, we, we don't want to have a lot of free radicals in our body. At all. So those of you listening, you heard it right here. I mean, I have friends that are um, are on birth control and they're my age and above, and it just makes, it scares me. It does, you know, it, it really does. So anyway, you know, to each its own, but you heard it right here from this fabulous woman. Okay, so hair loss, unexplained weight gain, vaginal dryness, and dry skin. Why? What's going on? A decline in hormones. Decline. It all goes back to hormones. Decline in hormones can cause all of those symptoms. And is it a, is it a, is it, it's just the whole, it's the whole palette that you need to test. It's not just saying, okay, your estrogen is low or, I mean, there's not one. You just have to test, right? You just have to test all of them and, and correctly balance all of the hormones. And it's important that each hormone is balanced with the other hormones as well. Right. Yes. 
So let's say someone, let me ask you this. When does perimenopause begin in women? Perimenopause really begins when the ovaries start to decline in the amount of hormone they're producing. No, and say that again. When the ovaries um, decline in the amount of hormones they're producing. They're producing. So um, fertility can change. Um, there can be sexual changes. There can be mood changes. Um, certainly skin and hair changes. Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of symptoms can go along with that. But what it really means is that your hormone levels are declining. And is there an average age that you are saying, okay, it's, it's coming? I mean, you know what I mean? I just thought it was 40s, you know, late 40s. And that's not the case, is it? It's really a little before that. Yeah. Uh, it can't even be into the late 30s. I know, late mm -hmm. 30s. I mean, that is amazing to me. And, and I know women in their late 30s that are still hoping to have children. And that, and their perimenopause. Is it still possible to have children and be perimenopause, or is it just more difficult? Um, it's definitely more complicated, but yes, it is still possible, um, and we can still help those women. We just have to be very careful um, as far as knowing what their plans are. If they still plan to have children, we can still help them, but we have to be very careful in how we do it. I'll bet. I'll bet. So tell me the difference between or or what are. And again, forgive me, you are the expert here, but perimenopause versus menopause. What is that? So menopause is when the periods actually stop. So the ovaries have stopped um, producing the hormones that uh, make it so that we can procreate um, and still have cycles. And all those, that hormone production stops, so the periods stop. That's menopause. So what's going on with me when I, um, at 58, I haven't had a full period since January of 2018, and I break through bleed. What's going on with me? What, because I do hear this quite a bit, and mm -hmm. it's scary, and um, Dr. Scott has addressed it, but I want to hear from you. What is, what is going on that I would have a like breakthrough bleeding mm -hmm. because it's not a real period, right? No, okay. it's not. No, breakthrough bleeding can be caused by polyps. It could be caused by a thickened endometrium. Um, and sometimes it's just a side effect of hormone replacement therapy. So there are multiple different causes. We need to look into what the cause may be for you in order to remedy that. But, um, but it's, it's not actually a period when it happens postmenopausally. Yeah, the other day I was, I went, I had a, a, a colonoscopy or something there asked me when my last period, I was like two weeks ago. I mean, no. that, that's not true. That's no. not true. There's something just had a, it's like a, 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 you know, a speed bump, right? Right. Yeah. And, right. and, and I went to my doctor, my OBGYN and they, they checked and, you know, where I am in my life, my phase of life, very, very, I mean, vaginal dryness to get a, okay, so you go to the OBGYN and he's going to get a, a, He's going to do a biopsy, all right? Very difficult to get in at my age because of the drying and what what's going on that he couldn't get in to he had to actually put me under to to get in to get a to get a what am I trying to say biopsy? So what's going on? I mean, I'm just that's what happens when you're older and feel like no. I'm putting myself out to pasture or something. Oh no, but, not but at you all. Know, that's, Estrogen can completely restore the vaginal tissue. Um, to the same way that it was when we were younger, where it has rugae, allowing it to stretch, and can have all of the moisture 
that you had when you were younger. Um, and estrogen can help with that. Sometimes we need to use a couple different forms of estrogen. We may need to do estrogen systemically and also put some extra estrogen vaginally in that area. But that's all correctable. Okay. Tell us about that because I do take the estrogen. I have the estrogen patch and Dr. Scott has given me the vaginal estradiol. Yes. Yeah. Me think. yeah. Uh -huh. And I still haven't used it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> why? I don't, okay. I don't know why. I just don't know why, but I need to, right? If my doctor can't get in, right, it would help. It would help in, in quickly, more quickly it would help, yes. Just treating the estrogen systemically will help build up that tissue um, and restore it to the way it was in right. youth. Um, but it can build up more quickly if you actually use the vaginal estrogen as well. Just do it, right? Just, just, yes. just do it. I know. <laughs> she asked me every time. I'm like, oh, no, I haven't done it. I don't know what it is. You don't have to do it long term. Usually it's just short term. Okay. Let me ask you this though. But Let's say she has my estrogen balanced when I have my labs, but I'm inserting more vaginally. Is that too much estrogen? No, very little of the vaginal estrogen is absorbed systemically. Okay. Whatever she said, y'all. I don't know what Yeah. I, again, she's, she's, the, she's certainly the expert. So these young women that are going through periods that are heavy, light, long, short, they just they miss a couple of months. They're in their 40s. What's going on? Most likely what's going on is their hormones are starting to decline in their 40s. And so it's bringing about changes in their menstrual cycle. And so something needs to be done. Um, in my viewpoint, yes, yeah, <laughs> I would like to, to do something you. about that. I would right. like to do you correct have, that. Do you have this, have you always wanted to help women? Has this been your passion project? I mean, did, when you were in, in school, when you were becoming a nurse and you made this decision in your life, is this, has this, I mean, was that, you know, what? does it start early yeah. on? For me, it did. I, I have been a nurse practitioner since 1998, and so functional medicine wasn't really a thing in 1998. Um, I wasn't taught functional medicine, but I did love prevention. Um, I've always loved helping people. I love prevention. I love taking care of well people. Aren't you happy where we are in this world? Like we have these options to do this, you know? Yes. yes. I mean, because I think when I'm talking to people, your patient that's 90, that is... That's amazing that their heart is open to this and their their mind is open to wrapping their arms around this because so many women aren't. And you know what? Um, I wonder, my mother's deceased and died very young, but I wonder if she, well, she's listening to this now, but I mean, what she would say about me telling everyone my vagina's dry. I mean, I, you know what I mean? Like what, I mean, but I don't care. I mean, because there's someone out there that's going to say, me too, right? Right. Because we're right. talking about this. And yes, and that's fixable. It is. It is. Okay. And I, I'm, I know what to do tonight. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tell me about men in hormone therapy because, because Greg, my husband, uh, sees Dr. Scott and he's, he has seen different physicians throughout the year, but you know, we're all on board with her. Um, should men be on the hormone, ther hormone therapy for real? Like the masses. So from a woman's standpoint, from my standpoint, I would say absolutely yes. Um, because how many of us want a man who is taking a nap in the afternoon, isn't quite himself, is grouchy, grumpy, has some erectile dysfunction, 
um, maybe even some other sexual changes, um, low libido. So um, from my standpoint as a woman, I would say, yes, men should yes. definitely embrace hormone replacement therapy. Um, and for men themselves, usually they do, when they do come in, they, they say they don't feel like themselves. They're taking more naps than usual. They don't have the energy they used to have. Um, they just don't feel like the man they used to be. So absolutely. I mean, that, and that's to me for men, that, that's a huge, I mean, that's huge. I mean, just to feel better because in my opinion, I know my husband, his ego, I mean, he just wants to feel better and he's 69 right. years old and he's in perfect, perfect, he's great shape, but he just sometimes just feels, you know, nasty. I mean, just gross. So, mm -hmm. you know, he's low in something, right? And men get that belly. What is that? Yeah, men men oh, do <laughs> men do get the belly, um, and some of that can definitely be lifestyle. But body composition has a lot to do with testosterone as well. So thyroid, do you deal a lot? I know Elise; uh, she was talking to us last week about thyroid, and she really enjoys treating that and loves gets a lot of you know that makes her feel good that she does help. What do you do? You have patients that have thyroid issue. Either is it hypo and hyper that you would treat? Um, yes, hypo is much more common is um, it? than hyper, right? Um, and yes, I do. I do a lot of work with thyroid. I love optimizing thyroid in people um, because we do so many tests on thyroid function. We catch a lot of people who have thyroid issues that didn't know they had thyroid issues. So that's a lot of fun. And, and if you're hypo, what would be, give me an example of how they would feel or the symptoms so uh, they feel sluggish, slow, yeah. tendency to gain weight, yeah. um, just not the, not the vibrant, energetic person that they used to be. They used to be. And there's mm -hmm. ways around that. You can fix it. Yeah. You can fix it. You can fix anything. I'm quite certain Completely you can fix, fix anything. Of course. <laughs> so what do you say to the people, we asked this last week, and especially for young men and women, but um, what do you say to people that cannot afford um, functional medicine? Yeah, um, tough, and that it? is a really tough one because there are some herbal supplements and some other things that we can do um, to help with some of the symptoms. But as far as really helping them to be as healthy as they could be with their hormones, there's not a replacement for hormone replacement therapy. There's just not. Um, so it's it's an investment. It's investment in your health um, as well as sense of well-being and quality of life. Um, but certainly you're, you're much healthier as well when your hormones are at optimum levels. So Debbie, I, I, you know, I look at this and I know you and, and, and everyone in your group is, this is exciting. This is exciting that I'm seeing Western medicine physicians offer bioidentical hormone replacement. What makes me nervous is the education that it takes to prescribe, to diagnose. That's real, right? You know, I mean, it is. That is, yes, it is. We aren't, we really aren't fully taught this in school. It is more and more in school now. Is it? Um, but for practitioners like myself, I went to school in 1998, finished school in 1998. Wow. So, um, yeah, that's, that is definitely real and how you dose someone has a lot to do with the outcome that they will have from their hormone replacement yeah. therapy. And, and use me as an, as an example right. with the pellets. I mean, you right. know, and unfortunately, and I do have friends that just love it, love. And I, and I, they are going to great physicians and, and um, you know, providers, 
But for me, it's just, you know, you have a negative experience and it doesn't have to be that way, you know, and I'm smart enough to know, you know, if that's what my physician said I need to do, definitely do it. And, it, and, and it's convenience too, right? Right. Yeah. For sure. For yes. sure. For everyone. So great. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. I appreciate you. you so much. And your your passion project of, of helping men and women is just, I mean, it's amazing. Thank you. Don't you love working with Dr. Scott? Oh, my gosh. She's wonderful. She's, she's wonderful. wonderful to work with. I'm brilliant. very, very blessed. Very lucky. I mean, brilliant. It's just yes. so exciting to have someone that cares so much. She cares so much, probably um, a little too much because she, I have her cell phone number. <laughs> so she, she is, is fabulous. Inspiring. I she mean, inspires and, all of us. And, you know, yes. having a physician that is connection, that she knows so many people, and, and, and she's in the Irving area, but so many different physicians that I know that if she refers me to someone, if your office refers me to someone, that it is good. So tell me, I, um, there's free consoles, correct? If someone calls and wants to talk to, you, to your team, there's you can do that, right? Yes, you can call our call center and they will um, evaluate whether you're a good candidate and if we can help you. Um, and certainly they can answer a lot of questions at the call center. Well, thank you for helping so many of our followers in our community. And um, I will see you in her office for sure. And everyone, if you have any questions, all of the, of Dr. Scott and Forum Health is on our um, on the show notes that you will see for the podcast. And you can find Dr. Leanne Scott at Leanne Scott, MD. And then her website is leannescottmd.com. And she is all over social media and Melinda and their team, their marketing team is just fabulous. So I hope you enjoyed today and you got something from this. So everyone go rate, review, and subscribe. This is on YouTube as well. And we are trying to get up there in that world. So everyone have a wonderful day. Remember you have one body, take care of it. Everyone take care and have a great one. And keep being fabulous.